Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to another edition of the Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I'm trying to trying to keep everybody happy. I told you right before we went on here. Uh, my wife's birthday was yesterday. I'm not going to say her age. Uh, my oldest daughter turns five today, so we got that going on. Uh, my parents are in town uh, for that birthday. And they have their 41st wedding anniversary today. So there's uh, there's a lot going on. We got we're going to the dinner tonight. We're going to the dinner tomorrow. We got, I mean, look, it's it's all good things. Um, but I am uh, I'm good. I, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, the NFL is trying to ruin me though this week. You got the Chiefs playing a, a game that that I'm pretty sure we should all file a lawsuit afterwards. And then. The NFL putting on two of the worst primetime games I've ever seen in my life. In fact, three if you'd like to go back to Thursday. Um, so, a mixed bag. A mixed bag. How, uh, how are you? Well, throw in the fact that I am a Mizzou alum and a Mizzou fan. Uh, oh I am God. doing worse than you. Yeah, yeah. Water is now called martinis. Martinis in a pint glass was what I was crushing. I, I can't handle it Football sucks for me. This is not my dream. I'm not living it right now. But we got a lot to talk about other things, other teams in the NFL. I'm starting to have a little bit more faith in. And two of those teams are the Eagles and the Dolphins. Are you a believer in any of those two teams? I'm a huge believer in the Eagles. I wrote about them this offseason. I did an insider piece and, and talked to people around that organization about why they did what they did, how they went about their business in the draft and free agency and trade for A.J. Brown, so on and so forth. Look, I think the Eagles are really good. 
Like, I know the commanders are the commanders and the Lions, although improved, are the Lions. But, like, when you're hanging 30-plus points on teams, okay, uh, well, excuse me, hanging 38 on Detroit, then you hang 24 on Washington, and then also on Minnesota, defensively of nine sacks against Washington. Like, you're playing pretty damn well. Um, do I think they're the best team in football? They're number one in my power rankings right now. Like, I, do I think they're going to be there in January? I don't know. You know, I've got to see them do it for a longer period of time, right? But right now, they're playing the best football in the league. The Dolphins, for me, I'm a little different on. I have a lot of respect for Mike McDaniel and the way he's he's bringing that, that team around. Tyreek Hill's been huge for them. Didn't have a big game on Sunday. Didn't have to. The reason I feel differently about these two teams is the Eagles have been dominant in their games. The Dolphins, look, they, you know, fine week one. They, they were in control against New England. The game was never in doubt. Fair enough. Week two, they go to Baltimore and get killed for three quarters. And then all of a sudden have this unbelievable fourth quarter, they win the game. Okay, awesome. Then you go play the Bills, who, look, the Bills are juggernauts the first two weeks. I know they've got a bunch of injuries in the secondary. You win that game, that's really impressive. You were outgained 500 to 212. Like, the odds of winning that game have to be 3%, for, like, if that. Like, Allen threw the ball, I think it was 63 times in the game. They had the, the Bills had 90 plays. The Dolphins had 39. Like, I don't feel like that's sustainable. I feel like the Dolphins are doing things a little bit with smoke and mirrors right now, where I think the Eagles are just really good. Yeah, fly, Eagles fly on the road to victory. I mean, come on now. The Eagles have been incredible. Is Meek Mill coming out before every game playing dreams and nightmares? Because this team is pumped up. Jalen Hurts was the wild card for me. I thought the Eagles had a very deep roster. Their offensive line is incredible. Jason Kelsey is just dominating guys at however old he is right now. He has not lost a step. The addition of A.J. Brown to go with Devontae Smith has been incredible for the wide receiving corps. It's not the backup college quarterback wide receiving corps of a couple years ago. They're legit. Dallas Goddard, they made the right decision letting Zach Ertz go because he's been a major factor. The uh, additions in the secondary have, have, pay, have paid an impact already. And then Fletcher Cox is still Fletcher Cox. But Jalen Hurts was the X factor. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he's been outstanding. Everywhere he has yep. gone, he's won. Oklahoma, Alabama, does things the right way. He is a guy that you rally behind. I think if you live in Philly, that's the type of guy you want for your quarterback. They've bought into him. I, I'm all in on the Eagles in the NFC. That's the best team in the NFC right now. As far as the Dolphins go, I'm with you. It, it feels a little bit unsustainable. I'm not a firm believer in Tua. Uh, I would like to see what happens with the injury as well, whether he plays this weekend or not. Um, I just don't know with the Dolphins. It's great they're off to a to an undefeated start beating the Bills, but it does feel a little unsustainable. They've had one great quarter, and that's basically been it. Besides that one great quarter, that, that furious comeback against the Ravens, they've not impressed me. It just feels, and there's always a team or two like this every year. It's just like, I know they're winning games, but I feel like the, the, the floor is going to cave in at some point here. Like, their defense isn't stopping anybody. Baltimore went for a million yards and points. You can sit there and say, well, Buffalo only scored 20 points, or excuse me, 19 points. I get it. You gave up 500 yards of offense. Like, you're getting boat raced, possession after possession after possession. 
And it's not like the Dolphins have so many guys were out hurt. And, well, when they come back, like, it's pretty sure they are. Like, I'm giving them credit. They're winning games, and they beat a very good team in Buffalo. I think they beat a very good team in Baltimore. So, like, in that regard, yes, I'm impressed. And I definitely think they're a better team than they've been. But I don't see them. Like, do I think in, the, in January that they're going into Buffalo and winning the playoff game? No, I don't. Do I think they're going into Kansas City and winning the playoff game? No, I don't. So, I think of the two teams, while I'm impressed by both, the Eagles, to me, it feels like that team could have, like, home field advantage and beat up on folks. I don't know. I feel that same way. The only question I have the Eagles, and I'm with you. Look, I love Jalen Hurts since college. My only question about it is when you get in the playoffs and you're facing Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, like, you got – that's a whole nother level of football. Can you match that? But right now, I mean, I feel like you can. He's playing really well. So, I'm impressed. Uh, I'm not surprised that Philadelphia is good. I'm surprised they're this good, but I'm not surprised that they're a team that, that looks like they can contend. Before we go forward, just with Miami, is it Tua Tugvaloa, the one piece holding them back, or is there another issue in general that you're you're worried about going forward? I mean, look, Tua's okay. My main concern right now is their defense can't stop anybody. I mean, they're just giving up a, a yards over and all. I mean, a crazy amounts of yardage. Look, they look, they look good against New England. New England has no offense. Like, to me, that that's not a test. They've played two really good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, and they've gotten absolutely smoked by both of them. Um, so, I, you know, I look at it and say, if the defense isn't good, at some point – the other part of this is, too, is Miami's a new offense, so everybody's trying to figure out exactly what to do to hold them down, to stop them a little bit. How does that look in, like, week 9, week 10, week 11? Like, when teams now have tape on you – for half a season. Look, Hill and Waddle are, are great players. I mean, they're going to be able to get themselves open. But are there other ways to shut them down? I think the Dolphins are probably a playoff team because I think we all were so excited about the AFC. The AFC is not great. The AFC really is not great. The AFC South, the whole division stinks, maybe except for Jacksonville, which we'll get to later. Uh, the North, the Steelers, the Browns, I, I don't know. Like, are we, Who knows with the Bengals, right? I mean, you look at the East. Pats and Jets aren't good. And then the West, everybody thought well, the West is going to be – the West stinks. The, the West is borderline average. Like, I, the only team I have any confidence in in the West is Kansas City. That's it. And, and they're coming off one of the worst losses I've ever seen the Chiefs have. So, you know, yeah, I think the Dolphins are at least a playoff team, which they did not think they would be before the season. So we've talked about a couple 3-0 and teams. Let's talk about an 0-3 team. You mentioned it. The AFC West Raiders. I know a lot of folks had them as a sneaky wild card team. Some people had the addition of Devontae Adams as one of the biggest moves in the offseason. And they're 0-3. They're finding, inventing ways to choke away games. If they're down by 16, they storm all the way back just to be a two-point conversion short. Are the Raiders already cooked three games into the season? The only reason I'm going to say no is because they play Denver at home this week and then they play Kansas City at Arrowhead week five on Monday Night Football. They have to win both those games. Like That's my stand. Like there, it is last chance saloon for the Raiders. Like this is – you have to win. Now, by the way, should tell you something about Vegas, and I'm talking about the bookmakers, not the, not the team here. The Raiders are two-point favorites at home against the Broncos this week, which tells you all you need to know about what people think of the Broncos. But, look, I I mean, if they win those two games, 
then you're you're two and three. You're not where you want to be. If you're two and one, the division, the Chargers are really beat up. You have you have a road win against the Chiefs. Like now, look, do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. I I think I think they're going to beat Denver. Um, I'll spoil that, but I think they're going to lose an arrow. I don't think they're going into Arrowhead with that defense and beating Kansas City. I, that I don't think is happening. But look, that's what they that's what they're faced with now. Um, but at zero three, like my problem with the Raiders, and I led my stack in the box column with this on Monday. What is what is scary about them? Their offensive line is terrible. Devontae Adams, yeah, great, awesome. In two or three games, he's done nothing. Nothing. They Part of that's because Carr's under constant duress, and unlike Mahomes and Herbert and Allen and Jackson, he can't move. Like, he just gets sacked or he has to throw the ball away. Um, defensively, do you know Chandler Jones right now? Would you like to take a guess at Chandler Jones' stat line for three games? Uh, four tackles. Five tackles, zero sacks. Awesome. $17 million a year. So he's done nothing. They have nobody in the secondary who scares you at all. Like, you look at it and say, okay, so what exactly do they do? Now, the, the Broncos can't score a point. So maybe this week you win the game like 20 to 17. The problem is, unless you get the Chiefs apparently in Indianapolis, which is a horror show every time they go there, there's a good chance the Chiefs are scoring more than 20 points. And the Raiders just can't get there. So I won't say they're cooked because I think the schedule gives them an opportunity here. But I also think it's a brutal – Like I, I think the, the chances the Raiders can bolt these games are like 20%. So uh, they're in deep, deep, deep trouble. Also, by the way, their coaching is terrible. Okay, 1-12 yeah. on third down last week. You have six red zone trips and come away with two touchdowns against the Titans. That's coaching. It's horrible coaching. So – uh, not a lot going well for the uh, the 0-3 Las Vegas Raiders right now. Yeah, the Raiders aren't well done, but they're medium well. They're getting close to yep. being burnt right now because they, they have a tough schedule. They have to play the Chiefs two more times. I just don't believe in them. It's the offensive line. That's what it comes down to. I think Derek Carr is a very underrated quarterback. I think he gets uh, bleeped on a little more than he probably should. I think he's a good leader. I think Devontae Adams was a great signing. Darren Waller is a fantastic player. Josh Jacobs has actually been fairly efficient this year, but he's not getting the ball enough because the Raiders keep falling behind early, and that yep. offensive line is horrible. So what it comes down to is the offensive line will be the detriment to the Raiders this season. I do think they're cooked. I don't see how that improves as the season progresses. They couldn't even keep, what was it, uh, second-round draft pick Alex Leatherwood uh, from uh, first a year round ago? First-round draft pick. And, and, and he's already off the team. If he couldn't make this roster – and they're like, yeah, that guy, we don't believe in him at all. That's a bad offensive line. I'll tell you what, the Raiders are like the Raiders are like one injury away from being like, oh wow, we picked fifth overall. Like, I mean, that, that's where this thing is going if they can't turn around a heart. I just I've never been a fan of Josh McDaniels. I'm not a fan of him now. You know, in those last 25 games as a head coach, he's five and twenty. Like, can't coach. He cannot coach. And your point, by the way, they have the worst imbalance with run pass in the NFL, which is crazy because they haven't been getting blown out in any of these games they've played. But you've played the Titans and the Cardinals in your own three. Like that, I mean, and you like you said, man, you say it right. Like Denver twice, which I don't know how hard that is, but it's, it's a divisional team. Chargers again. You get the Chiefs twice. You still have to play the Rams on the road. You still have to play the Niners. Good luck to you. Yeah. Let's stick in the AFC West and look into the future with who is in more trouble, the Chargers or the Broncos? 
I debated about this for a long time. And as someone who's proudly not a fence sitter on anything in my life, I got to sit on the fence on this one. I think both of them are. Like, I, I really thought about it, and I'm like, which one's in my – and I was like, I think both for different reasons. So before I even go into a full answer, Russell Wilson, speaking of cooked, or and, and do you think he's cooked, or do you think he's just like – this is like the bad three games, he's going to get better? Only thing dude's cooking is expired tofu. This dude cannot cook at all. He looked brutal. There were like a half dozen throws in that Sunday night game, which, by the way, that game, the NFL should should be sent to, like, Siberia for a, a couple weeks after that. But when you watch it, you're like, he can't throw a pass. Like, there are guys wide open. He can't throw the ball five yards. Then occasionally he'll have, like, a nice drive, but then he goes back to being terrible again. It's It's been bad football. So, But my point is, look, he's not played well. Hackett now has a coach to coach him, which is not exactly a ringing endorsement of his future there. I think they're good defensively, and I know Broncos fans are probably like, how can you only say they're good? Look how great they've been. They've played, they've played Geno Smith, Davis Mills, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, my God, was he brutal on Sunday <laughs> night. Uh, but I'll tell you, Trey Lance with a broken leg might be better. I mean, it was unbelievable how bad he was. You know, I've never seen a guy be thankful for stepping out of the end zone for a safety, <laughs> but if he didn't, he would have thrown a pick six. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable how bad he was. And now they're without Trent Williams for four to six weeks. So, uh, I, but the Broncos to me, like, I think the defense is good. I think it'll be exposed a little bit more as they play better teams. The offense can't do anything and the coaching stinks. I think they're about an eight to nine win team. The Chargers have infinitely more talent. But I got to tell you, like, look, the injuries, I'm not even going to go that deep into. We all know their injuries. That is a major, major problem, which is why I have them having major issues. Can we talk for a second about Brendan Staley? And like, what the fuck is going on with them? You have a quarterback who has fractured rib cartilage. You're down 38 to 10. You got your ass kicked. The game's over, Brendan. It's over. Like, move on. Start getting ready for Houston. He should have started watching tape about the middle of the third quarter. Okay. And they keep Herbert out there the whole game. And he's chucking balls down the field. Jalen Guyton, who's a reserve receiver, tears his ACL with a minute to go down 28 points. Slater's now out for the year. Bose is out week to week with a significant, quote-unquote, groin injury. Okay, J.C. Jackson, who they had to have back in week two, got cooked by Justin Watson for a game-changing touchdown. And now he's out because he's got inflammation in his ankle and it's not responding the way they want it to. So you got a lot going on. But, like, to me, Jackson playing in week two, that's a coaching thing. Like you should have, like, that's a staff thing. Like why is he on the field if he's not ready to be on the field? He didn't practice at all before he played in that game. Now you've got Herbert, who's your franchise, who's out there when you're down 28 points, and after the game, Staley says, well, you know, he wants to be out there. Well, that's great. You're the coach of the team. Pull him off the field. Like, I, I got to tell you, I didn't know what to think of Staley after, week, after his first year. I think I know what I think of Brendan Staley right now. Like he's just not a good coach, and they're not a good staff. And what you're left with is a one and two team with a lot of injuries that can't beat anybody that they should beat on a week to week basis. I'm out on the Chargers. Yeah, I'd probably say the Chargers right now are in more trouble just based on injuries and the way they handle injuries. Justin Herbert should not have even played that game. There's no reason for it. He looked, he looked nothing like Justin Hill. He does Exactly. If you, if you see him looking like that in practice, in warm-ups, 
pull the dude. There's no reason for it. If you're going to lose, at least let him rest up. The Chargers are in way more, way more issue just based on injury alone. The Broncos, the one thing I will say, they are at two and one. I wonder if that final drive that Russell Wilson had will revitalize and show him that he still has some movement left in those legs. Because if he does not run, he is not a good quarterback. But that last drive basically encapsulates what he was doing in Seattle. Extending plays. Even if you're not picking up lots of chunk yards with your legs, extending the plays and allowing some magic to happen can get it done. That little flick pass where he was right on the line of scrimmage right there, I, I don't know how they didn't review that. It was a huge play. And I just wonder if that final drive will revitalize a, a Russell Wilson who obviously has not been this bad for this long. You're sitting at two and one. I, I do think the Broncos have a little bit more um, hope going forward. Yeah, I mean, right now, Russell Wilson, let's ride and all that all that nonsense. I mean, he might ride right to a nursing home. I mean, they, they just – look, man, the biggest concern I have with them is not Wilson. It's, it's the coach. Like, I, I just look at them and think you can't co- – by the way, that's why despite the Chiefs, I'm pretty sure we should break the news that we found that the Chiefs, the entire team, was betting on the Colts' money line uh, on Sunday. Um, look, despite all that, that's why I think the Chiefs are going to end up winning this division by two or three games. The Chargers are beat to hell. The Raiders, they, but, but like, the bigger thing is all three of these coaches, they stink. None of these guys can coach. And, and Andy, Andy Reid, as much as sometimes it's cheesy, drives you out of your mind with certain things that they do, like he can coach. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Like they, they just are, they're so much, they're so well coached compared to other teams. And I, and believe me, I just spent three days ripping the fact that I think sometimes the Chiefs, like they come out with very odd game plans, but by and large, their schemes are very good. Their personnel groupings are intelligent. Like they're, they don't take a ton of penalties. These other teams, it's like it, some of these times, really, you look at these teams, you're like, did they know hack? Like, did you ever watch a football game before I became a head coach? Did you ever play a game of Madden? Like, what is going on? Like, it's just, and then Stanley, look, for all Andy Reid's faults, there is no way Mahomes would have been in that game in that situation. Like, I can't even imagine a scenario where the Chiefs would be like, that's fine, Pat. Go out there. Just let it rip. We're down 28 points with a minute to go. Like, there's no way. No way that would happen. It's just, it's negligence, honestly, is really what it is. Let's look into the future. Number two, did the Chiefs or Bucks discover their offenses on Sunday night football? All right. So this this leads right in. Um, I I don't think either one of them is going to discover their offense. I thought about this. I wrote on the rundown that I think the Bucks will, but I actually am kind of going to go a little the other direction for one reason. I think the Chiefs, despite all their nonsense, like they were close in that Colts game. I mean, Mahomes misses a throw to MVS where it's a touchdown, right? I mean, Kelsey drops a touchdown. The Chiefs actually, like, at times moved the ball fine in the game. They just made a bunch of mistakes that killed them. Now, now look, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? I mean, you lose, you lose. But when you're trying to project forward, woulda, coulda, shoulda actually can help sometimes. I thought the Chiefs were pretty close. I went back and watched that Packers Bucks game. Like now, now, look, Tampa's getting Evans back. Okay, Julio Jones is coming back a lot. Who knows how healthy he's going to really be? I don't know if Godwin will be back this week or not. But they look. I mean, they're struggling to block. They, they they're not getting open downfield. Like if Evans and Jones play, I think you just double Evans and basically say, "Look, Julio, go nuts, man! Like I, go nuts and try to beat us." I don't think either team's going to go off on Sunday night. 
But I do think Kansas City's healthier and closer, whereas the Bucks, it feels like it's a it's a significant work in progress right now. I think both teams have a decent chance of discovering their offenses Sunday night. I think the Chiefs defense is legit, which poses an issue for the Buccaneers, but they're finally getting some receivers back. Scotty Miller and Russell Gage as your one, two, that's just not going to cut it. Tom Brady, I've watched every single Bucs game so far. Tom's, Tom Brady's not been the major issue on that team. The reason nope. why, the offensive line's been, been a disaster, and his receivers cannot get open. There's no separation. Julio Jones at least gives you a big body guy, right? This puts yep. Russell Gage as number three, Scotty Miller number four. Then you mentioned it with, with, with Evans. That, that, that's a massive player to get back. That's huge. Fournette's been fine. Fournette's a good receiving back as well. I, I think the Buccaneers could put up a decent amount of points, but the Chiefs defense does look legit to me, and you mentioned it with the Chiefs. If they have a decent kicker, there's seven points. Travis Kelsey catches that touchdown, there's seven points. MVS catches that pass, seven points. Again, woulda, coulda, shoulda. They lost that game. But you mentioned it. That is a good way of predicting what happens going forward. She's going to easily put up 34 points the game, and we would have been talking about what a laugher that was. So I, I think that's going to continue against a Buccaneers team, who I don't think their secondary is anything special. They have a great linebacking core, right? But yeah. their back four is not great. If you want to see some separation, this is this is the game where you can see some separation from the Chiefs wide receivers. It's going to be interesting because, look, Tampa's got a good defense, though. Tampa's good up front. Um, you're right with the corners. I mean, Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean, they're fine, but they're, they're not overwhelming. Um, I would argue that, I mean, the Chargers definitely have better secondary players. The Chargers' defense is more talented. Now, whether or not it's better, you know, we'll see as the year goes on. The big question to me in this game is real simple. Who's going to block? Who's going to block better? The, the Bucks are all beat up on the interior. Jo- Chris Jones should have a huge game. Okay, and the, the one advantage Kansas City does have in the game is Mahomes is mobile. Brady is not. That is the one advantage. But I got to be honest, man. I The Chiefs, the last two weeks offensively, it's been discombobulated at best. I, I, I was shocked the Chiefs are favored in the game. Like, it's in Tampa. Now, it might get moved because of the hurricane, but I was surprised that the Chiefs were laying points uh, coming into the week. But we'll see. We'll see. It should be a very interesting game. Let's look into the future. Number three, better Super Bowl bet, Rams or Niners? So I initially put Niners, and then I remembered that Jimmy Garoppolo is involved, and I deleted it, and I put Rams. Because I just – like I'm sorry. I just can't see it. I just cannot see – like I – Jimmy Garoppolo is so bad on Sunday night. And, like, there are games – I don't want to say – often but enough where Garoppolo does that we're like oh my god like what what happened to you like you can't complete a pass anymore the Rams have the better quarterback and I think the coaching is close so I'm not like really swayed by that either way but because of the quarterback I think the Rams but I gotta tell you I don't think either one of them is a great bet for the Super Bowl like I I just don't you got to have Jimmy G go beat a lot of good quarterbacks. And I know they – look, I get they got there against Kansas City. I understand all that. But, like, what, what was a huge reason they lost that game? The fourth quarter of the game, I always give Steve Spagnuolo credit for this. He was like, I don't care. I'm blitzing him every down. And if we lose, we lose. But, like, I'm bringing Ben Neiman five times out of four. <laughs> it's coming every time. And, it, and, and he's got to just – he's got to get a, get a rush on him. And Garoppolo is 3 of 11 in that quarter with a pick. 
So I'll say the Rams, but I think both teams have real issues. I don't think either one of them is is an overly dominant team, despite having real stars on both sides of the ball in, in each city. Yeah, with the Niners, I was very enthused about their season going into it with Trey Lance. If you know me, heard me at all, I'm a massive Trey Lance supporter. I think he's going to be the best quarterback taken in that draft. But that injury obviously is going to set this team back. You, you see why they moved on from Jimmy G or were trying to move on from Garoppolo, right? Yes. That yeah. game just put into perspective, they have a ceiling. I'm not saying Jimmy G is a horrendous quarterback. I think that's the, about the lowest you'll see from Jimmy G, but he does have games like that multiple times a season where you go, this guy looks like a third stringer on a, on, on a team. Is he any better than, you know, Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen does the same thing that game. It, it was one of those situations where you see why the Niners were trying to move on. I like the Rams still. Uh, they have so much talent on both sides of the ball. Aaron Donald is always going to be a game changer. I've always been high on Matthew Stafford. I would like to see what happens with OBJ. If Beckham Jr. goes back to the Rams, that's another weapon. And I think that really gives uh, the LA Rams a boost. But even without OBJ, I think they have enough talent to to potentially give at least the NFC Championship game a run for its money in what I think is a down NFC. Uh, as far as... The Jaguars, looking at the future number four, are they a clear favorite in the AFC South? Yes, they are. Yes. And I spent the whole offseason saying I thought they'd be really, really improved, and I thought they'd be frisky. I did not pick them to win the division, but I remember, I don't know if it was on this podcast or on a radio interview, I was like, I I thought, like, they they really, they might win that division. Like, they're going to play competitive games in December. I might have undersold them. They're good. Jacksonville's go. I don't look. No, I don't think Jacksonville's win the Super Bowl. Let's like let's not go too far here. I think Jacksonville can win nine or ten games in that division. I I don't think they're better than Buffalo or Kansas City or Baltimore or even like Cincinnati. Okay, I'm not saying that, but I think Jacksonville can play a certain way and win. They can run the ball. They can throw short. They can do, and and I think Lawrence is only going to get better and better as the year goes on. I think they'll be able to expand their passing game. I think Jacksonville is better than than people are maybe expecting them to be. Uh, or we're expecting them to be. This is a big test. They go into Philly this weekend. Like if they win that game, now you're talking business. But even if they play just like a close game and they lose, I'm impressed. That division's a right division to be in. I could absolutely see uh, Duval hosting a hosting a playoff game, and wouldn't that be fun? If you believe in point differential, then you believe in the Jaguars. Through three games, the only they're second in point differential uh, behind only the Bills. So if you go by that, that means they've taken care of business and they've dominated. I, I'm not going to go hit, go ahead and say they're my favorite in the AFC South. I still have the Colts. The Colts are notoriously slow starters. They look bad against the Chiefs, but still came away with a victory. I think Matt Ryan does have a little bit left in the tank. I think with Pittman getting healthier as the season progresses, Alec Pierce from the young wide receiving core, I think we'll see more separation. They made a lot of tough catches late in the game against Kansas City that really impressed me. Uh, Woods in the end zone, by the way, that's very nice for a rookie. I think their defense is fine uh, when they get what's it, uh, Leonard back. That'll be a big boost for the Colts. I think eight, eight and one is going to win this division. And who has the tie? The Colts. I, I, I think eight wins will win this division. Okay. And that tie is going to be the that's difference right. maker. I'm not saying the Jags are, are a bad team. I don't think they're going to win five games, but I do think that tie is going to come make a difference. And it's going to go to the Colts. By the way, uh, a couple quick things. Uh, Sterling Shepard out for the year, torn ACL. Uh, came down while we're on the pod. Shame for that kid. You hate to see it. 
Um, also, a credit to Seren Petro here, who's, a, of course, a radio host in Kansas City over at 810. Uh, he says, update on the Chiefs-Bucks game, or tweets, I should say. Update on the Chiefs-Bucks game. NFL is going to wait to make a, is going to wait as long as possible to make a decision. Most likely tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, for those listening. If the game is moved, I'm being told Minneapolis is preparing to host the game. Um, and people might wonder, wonder why Minneapolis is because the stadium's empty. The Vikings and the Saints are playing over in London. It's obviously far away of any kind of a hurricane situation. We'll see. Maybe the game gets played in Tampa on Sunday night as it is currently scheduled to be. But keep in mind, the Buccaneers are practicing all week in Miami to get out of the path of a hurricane that uh, unfortunately looks like it is headed inland uh, for Florida. So hopefully everybody down there is safe and takes caution. Um, but that's where we're at. So we'll see if that game is moved uh, both in location and time. I would think that, that they would keep it on Sunday Night Football with Mahomes and Brady. But I guess you never know based on all the uh, moving parts. Mm. Mr. Update himself, Verderam. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, you know, every 20 minutes uh, in the hour. So I'm, I'm here to I'm here to provide uh here to provide updates. So I'm sure when people listen to this, they're going to go, yeah, Verdam, that's great. We heard that yesterday. As far as the Jaguars go, does this just prove how important having a actual adult in the room, an actual yeah. head coach, someone who knows what they're doing? Because to me, if there's ever a case that head coaching or coaching staff makes a difference, this Jaguars team is it. That was literally the reason I thought they'd be better this year. Had nothing to do with Christian Kirk and, and bringing in Brandon Sheriff. Like, I thought those were good moves. I mean, I thought they were paid for Kirk, but he's a good player. I was fine with all that. But that wasn't the reason I moved the needle. The, the reason I moved the needle is because Urban Meyer is the worst head coach I've ever seen in my life. Um, and Doug Peterson's got a Super Bowl ring. Doug Peterson can coach. I understand there's flaws and all that. It's fine. Every, most coaches have flaws. Doug Peterson is a good head coach. And that guy, he is going to get them to play professional football. He's going to get them to execute, not take a million penalties, okay? He's there to win football games. Urban Meyer didn't give a rat's ass you on football games. Urban Meyer was there to collect a check and say coach in the NFL. And I have no qualms about saying that. I have never in my life seen a coach who is more embarrassing to his organization than Urban Meyer. Like Nathaniel Hackett is pretty unprepared, but I think Nathaniel Hackett generally like wants to win and he's invested in winning. Like, I, I think the man's there for all the right reasons. Urban Meyer was there to collect a check. And quite honestly, it showed. It showed after week four when he couldn't be bothered to get on a team flight. And, uh, you know, then showed up at a bar and stuff with a woman who is not his wife. And I'm not getting into everybody's personal life, but when you end up, uh, you know, skipping flights and all that, not great. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line. 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Want to welcome a special guest into the Stacking the Box podcast, Clay Matthews, longtime Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl champion back in 2010. Uh, Clay, first off, how are you in your, uh, in your retirement from the NFL? I'm good. I'm doing real well. Um, well, actually, you know, I'm a stay-at-home now dad, to, to stay-at-home dad now to three young kids. So um, I just said this, you know, in an interview previous to this, but, uh, you know, trying to raise three little kids is uh, more stressful than any game I ever played in my 11 year career. And I truly mean that. So uh, I'm doing well though. Ultimately enough about enough about the kids. How old are your kids? They're three, five and seven. So I'm, I'm just keeping my, my head above water right now. Yeah. That's, that's a challenge. That is uh, my, my daughter turned five this morning and, and I have a six month old. And so that'll, yeah, that'll keep you busy for you getting any time. sleep with a six month old. I think it's about nine months where they stop sleeping through the night and you got to get up and, you know, do that whole song and dance. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a challenge, but it's, it's one you accept as a parent. Um, right, look, right. but, so actually when you have kids, you do a ton of laundry, right? I mean, you're doing laundry constantly. You are working on behalf of Tide today. We're a pretty cool contest they're doing. Why don't you explain a little bit of what you're doing, what Tide's doing? And that's a great tie-in, by the way. This is why you're a professional. But that is true. I am, I am teaming up with Tide this season to tackle superstitions around the league. You know, people have their, you know, their lucky socks, their lucky jock strap, perhaps, but more so their lucky jersey. And, and ultimately, what we're here to do is um, – you know, your, your jersey may be lucky, but ultimately it's dirty and we need you to wash it. And we would we would very much like it if you washed it with Tide. And I just posted to my Instagram page a uh, video asking you, the fan, what you would do to, to wash your lucky jersey. And um, you comment on it. And ultimately, there's a chance to win big prizes there. So we're hoping to have some fun with fans this year, be interactive. Um show off all the fan bases, their lucky jerseys and trying to get them to wash them as well. So while they may be lucky, we can get them not so dirty. All right. So you had a lot of teammates over the years. Uh, who, who had the worst superstition? Who is the guy with the superstition? You're like, come on, man. Like whether it was like not washing clothes or, or wearing the same suit every day you know, on a road trip, like what, who, who had the, who had the one that you're like, man, you, you got to do better than this. I think, I don't know if anyone, I can't name anybody off the top of my head, but I would say the linemen are notorious for just being 
linemen. And I think that's synonymous with what you would expect. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but I also had guys who, you know, you get like a mesh bag that you throw your, your loose articles of clothing in. And we had some guys who were, who were too lazy to do their laundry. They would have, they would ro- rotate their clothes into this mesh bag that would get washed with everybody else's gear, Packers, Rams gear, whatever it is. So I don't know if it's so much superstition, but it might just be all pun intended, dirty laundry that we're uh, that we're airing here. All right. So one of the one of your most famous teammates, of course, Aaron Rodgers, who's still going, coming off two MVP seasons. Give me a little bit of perspective. Who is Aaron Rodgers? Who what is he like? You saw him both as a younger player and then as a player as he went all the way through his career. Like, who who is Aaron? Who I feel like a lot of people don't really know who he is. Just just trying to kind of figure that out. I'm still trying to figure out who Aaron is. I mean, he's a uh, Aaron's an anomaly, you know, and he's a, he's an intellectual and he's very smart and obviously very gifted at his craft. I mean, strictly speaking on behalf of football, the things he was able to do not only on game day, but, you know, in practice, the throws he makes are just truly remarkable and arguably one of the best, if not, you know, the best quarterback to ever play. And, you know, obviously that's a separate debate, you know, we're bringing in Tom and, and whatnot and Super Bowls, but just his uh, ability to put the ball wherever he wants to is is truly remarkable. And I think I had texted him in 2020 was my first season not playing. And I just from sitting on the, the, the couch watching him and he he is fun to watch. And but on top of that, too, there's a reason why he's been on top of the game for so long is, uh, you know, he challenges himself and he puts himself in uncomfortable positions and and ultimately he's a he's an interesting character in that I think um you know a lot of people want quarterbacks especially being leaders of the team and and faces of the NFL to fit a certain type of mold and he doesn't do that and um you know good for him he, he kind of marches to the beat of his own drum and and you got to love him for that and we still have a great relationship I actually just texted him a few days ago as a matter of fact so um yeah, we still have a great relationship. I, I enjoy watching him. I love all the uh, the coverage that comes around him too, and all the mayhem that comes with it as well. So, but uh, you know, big listener of, of of him and and Pat McAfee, and you know, when he talks, I feel like uh, you know you have to listen because it's not just the you know the go pack and we wanted it more. All the cliche sure. lines that I'm sure I spit out over the years. All right, so. We had Alex Smith on this podcast a little while ago, and I asked myself, look, give me one thing Patrick Mahomes is not good at. And he's like, you can't order a steak. He's terrible at ordering a steak. Had Stephon Diggs on a week ago. He's like, Josh Allen can't beat me in basketball. What is the one thing that Aaron Rodgers is not good at? He's unbelievable on the football field. He's had success off of it. But what is like, is there one thing you're like, man, I don't care how great he is on the field. He can't do this. <laughs> um. No, I mean, I, I think you can do it all. But uh, you mentioned basketball and Josh Allen. There was a it was a, an infamous game that nobody saw. Maybe security cameras down in um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the 2009 Pro Bowl. It was Team Matthews. It was me and my two brothers first, uh, Aaron and one of his brothers and one of his friends, and we took it to him and ultimately beat him. I don't think he talked to me for a month after that. So that's, uh, and he'll know exactly what I'm talking about too. We, we, we took it to him. So, I mean, maybe we'll just fall in line and say, he's just not that good at basketball, even though he posts videos of maybe he's only a good mid range shooter. I know he's always talking about mid range, but ultimately we, we took it to him that day. 
Awesome. Awesome. I, too bad that footage never got out. Um, all right. So you played at USC. You played at the Packers, two of the most iconic football brands that there are. Which one was more special to you, coming out on Saturday at the Coliseum, the Rose Bowl over the years, or was it Sunday at Lambeau? It's definitely the Packers. I think just, you know, you, we're talking about playing at, at the highest level with the Packers, where obviously, you know, SC is, is still a collegiate team, but both truly remarkable. And, and, and the further I'm removed from my careers, both with SC and, and Green Bay, that both you're, you know, you're truly able to remark on, on the opportunities afforded and what we were able to accomplish both individually as a team. In fact, I was just with uh, Mark Sanchez, my quarterback for, you know, at SC at the time. And we were talking about, I think we played in four Rose Bowls in a row and how we were lamenting over the fact at the time, how we didn't want to play any more Rose Bowls. But when you go back and watch the Rose Bowl now, the granddaddy of them all and, um, Man, I'm blanking on who used to call who used to call those games. He since passed away. Yes, yes. I mean, it was just, you know, it, it, those were truly, you know, iconic games. The colors, the Pasadena, and on January first. But on top of that, too, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, it's there's there's nothing like it, and, and you can't talk about the NFL without, you know, teams like uh, the Green Bay Packers and what they mean to, um, you know, to that league couple more here with Clay Matthews on Stacking the Box. Look, I got to ask you, you, know, you talked about Green Bay. Green Bay is a, is a different animal than any other city in, in the NFL, right? I mean, you, you, if for anyone who's ever been to Green Bay, I've been fortunate enough to be up there a bunch. Like it is, it's a town with a stadium. I mean, it really, it, it, yeah. it, everything revolves around the team. What is it like living there as a player? And, and someone like yourself who's so recognizable, right? I mean, like, what is it like just being to me, hey, I got to go to the grocery store in Green Bay, you know, I've got to go out you know, in Green Bay. I'm going to go out and get dinner. What is that experience like as a player who everybody, the second you walk out your door, they know exactly who you are? Well, you know, when I when I when I flew in there as a 22 year old rookie, I remember flying in. It was so green. I was coming from Los Angeles, California, which is just all hardscape and buildings. And but um, man, there wasn't a lot to do for for a young kid coming from L.A. But ultimately, uh, as the years went by and I had a family, met my wife, had had children, it was a great place to live, truly. I mean, there's no traffic. Everybody treats you well. Um, lots of places, lots of parks, you know, stuff that, that, that parents think about. But you're right. I mean, you are kind of the superstars, the, the rock stars, so to speak, up there. There's no other franchise other than you know two hours south in milwaukee in which case obviously the bucks and and um you know are rolling and, and the brewers um well i don't know how they did last year this year but uh i haven't been keeping up with them but ultimately um yeah i mean you you can't go to the grocery store you can't go out to to the restaurants without a you know a phone coming up you know snapping pictures of you or somebody telling you what you did wrong in the game. But I think that's what truly makes it special is that it's all football. You know, and I remember the first off season, I went back there for um, off season workouts and the city felt dead. You know, it felt dead. There was no, that it wasn't alive. And, and then, you know, fast forward to the following season and, and it just comes back alive with this, um, you know, this promise that Packers football is back and hopefully a Lombardi trophies in the future. Well, last thing I got to ask you, you come from a football family. I mean, along with the Mannings, you guys are like the first family of football between your, your father and your uncle and so on and so forth. 
Was there ever a time for you you felt like you weren't going to be an NFL player? I know you, you know, USC, you walked on, you had to earn your stripes there, but did you ever, was it ever a question like, this is definitely what I want to do in life? No, I mean, honestly, my dad didn't push me to be, you know, and I hate to use a Tiger Woods analogy, but I wasn't trained like that. In fact, it wasn't, I didn't start until my senior year in high school. And then I walked on at SC and I wasn't very good. In fact, I, <laughs> my little brother, uh, Casey always reminds me, but I told him, I think it was after my, my third, my fourth year at SC, I, I was a red shirt. So I got to play five years, but I told him that I, I was hoping to, uh, join a team as a free agent. And if I got cut, I would have enough money to rebuild an old classic car. So that, that at 21, that was my goal in life was to have enough money to uh, rebuild a classic car if I didn't make special teams. And then in, uh, when I was 22, I you know was drafted in the first round of the Packers. And then I, I thought, well, rather than you know fixing an old car, I'd rather just buy a bunch of brand new cars or at least have the, the means to do so. <laughs> so I think I'm going to stick it out with sacking the quarterback. That seems to Seems to be a great way to uh, have success in the league. What's the best car you ended up buying? Oh, or your, or your favorite? No, this is this. I actually didn't buy my first car until I was done playing. I, I got a uh, I got a, a Navigator now, family car. But um, ultimately, I didn't buy. I didn't. I didn't spend any money on cars. No, I was good about that. I was good. I was good with my money. I was good with my money. I'm I'm doing all right. Okay, so you, you never went and got the clay. You, your whole goal of football was to get yourself some beat-up junker that you could fix, and then you played yeah. and became a, a two-time All-Pro and a six-time Pro Bowler and said, you know, I'm good. The Navigator's enough. Yeah, well, the Navigator, when I when I had the kids, I mean, I yeah. had to get it, but I, I was good. Like, jewelry, cars, all that, I, I wasn't – I didn't have to, but I did just I did just make a purchase. I bought a, a an F-250 Super Duty um, – but I mean, I'm also 36 too. So, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pull up to Lambo in a, in a Lambo or a Ferrari or anything like that. So I think, I, I think I was good with my decision-making process. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Clay, I'm, I'm glad uh, retirement's treating you well. Good luck with the kids. I sympathize. Nice. It can be fun. That can also put you to bed at about nine o'clock at night. So <laughs> best of luck to you. Thanks so much for joining Stag in the Box and everybody make sure to check out uh, Tides contest with your superstitions and maybe your superstition needs a wash. But uh, Clay, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, Heisler bums it out. We're, we're waiting for Ben Heisler. Look, let's get into some of the lines. Okay. Now, Wait, we're not quickly, though, quick, quickly, I have okay. to ask you something. Right, does, does Clay Matthews still have the long golden locks? Cause that's, that's no. all I really care about. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Ponytail uh, during the interview, but the, uh, Nicest guy. Sat there. We're talking a little bit before the interview. Went on, talked. Um, it was really interesting. We talked a little bit about Green Bay and like what it's like to be a player there. Because it, have you ever been to Green Bay? No, and I actually might go this year. I'm. I, I have someone who said, "Hey, dude, if you want to get uh, come to a game, I got you." And so okay. I actually I might uh, might go up there. So so here's the deal. So so. By the way, we're going to be Sands Heisler this week. We've done PTO, so that's fine and well. We'll we'll handle his section without him. Although, of course, we'll never be the same. Uh, R.I.P. Heisler. Look, um, so I, I I've been to Green Bay a few times. I've never been for a game, actually, believe it or not. Uh, but I've been I've been up to the city many times. My wife and I we vacation each summer. We go like a little bit north of there. 
Um, and we always stop over in Green Bay. Got a lot of good food options. And it's just so funny because when you drive in, you see, it's like it's like driving into like small town America to the hilt, right? Like it's little houses and, and you know cute little side streets. And then there's just mammoth stadium just in the middle of it. It's, you know, every other stadium you ever go to, right? I mean, it's it's like a concrete jungle, and then you get to the stadium, and there it is, and the city surround. Not Green Bay. Green Bay, I mean, people have their – they're like, hey, you want to park in our driveway for 20 bucks for the game? You're like, okay. I mean, it's it's different. It's a different experience, but it's awesome. But he, uh, he had a lot to say about it. I hope people will check it out. Like I said, it will be up later on uh, Tuesday. Uh, subscribe to the channel and make sure to give all videos if you could a like it really helps us on youtube all right let's get into the games okay heisler man's useless she's on vacation so we've got to get into the week four lines by the way it should be said best bet in history so far we're four and oh straight up this year so we're rolling now we're going to screw it up because heisler's not around but- <laughs> seriously we're only four and oh because of him because of him but let's get into a few games that we find interesting. So I'll, I'll kick us off. The Thursday night game, Miami's at Cincinnati. So you got the 3-0 Bengals, excuse me, 3-0 Dolphins, the 1-2 Bengals coming off the first one of the year. Bengals wearing their white-out uniforms. They're going to be the White Tigers this uh, this week here. The Bengals are favored by 3.5. The total is 47. Do you like the underdog play here with Miami with three and a hook? Or do you do you look at the total? You like the Bengals? Where are you falling on this game? It all comes down to Tua Tagovailoa. And they're being very quiet on his front if he's going to be good to go or not. I am assuming he's good to go. But that line definitely feels sketchy to me. Because I was getting ready to put some money down myself on oh. the Dolphins to win straight up. I was like, I love the Dolphins winning straight up. I like this. And then I go, let me check on Tua just one more time. Give me a little cause to pause. I don't like touching this game until I know. Uh, the backup quarterback for Miami um, wasn't the, a former Browns Teddy quarterback. Bridgewater. Teddy, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. It's Bridgewater. He's fine. But I don't trust him to get the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Okay. That ain't happening. So until I see any news on Tua, which I'm sure that's what Vegas is hoping, people put money on Miami now, then Tua's out. I don't like touching it. What about you? All right. So I'm going to take Miami to cover. Uh, the hook matters here. I would I would take them to cover. I don't know that they're going to win the game. Look, we talked about Miami at the top of the show, so I won't belabor the point. I think the Dolphins are approved. I do not think they're this juggernaut all of a sudden. Like they just, I'm sorry. They they have been improved and fortunate at the same time. And the Bengals, like, should have Killed the Steelers, but just couldn't manage to do it with five turnovers and a missed extra point to win the game. A lot of weirdness. So I will I will take the Bengals to win, the, the, the Dolphins to cover. I think it's something like 27 to 24. I think it's a reasonably close game, but I like the Bengals. I think they're going to win. The total is interesting at 47. I can see that being an over. In fact, I think it's going to be way over. So uh, take that for what it's worth. All right, let's stay in the AFC. One o'clock game, Eastern. The Bills coming off of their loss, going to Baltimore, coming off of a win, both teams 2-1. and one. The Bills on the road here, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you think the Ravens getting a little bit disrespect? By the way, the total high, 51-and-a-half. I do think the Ravens are being disrespected right now. The Ravens ha- have not shown anything outside of one horrendous quarter that makes you think they're – 
should be giving a team three and a half points at home. Lamar Jackson looks like an MVP candidate tied with Jalen Hurts right now, and no one's talking about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is being used as if, again, I know he's, he's betting on himself. He's getting a lot of wear and tear right now, but he's winning. This is not Orlando Brown Jr. betting on himself and falling flat on his back. This is Lamar Jackson betting on himself and dominating. If you know me, I said the Bills were the best team in the AFC. I had the Bills going 14-3, and three, but I think the Ravens win. I, I don't even think it's a it's a cover situation. I think the Ravens win at home. I am all in on Baltimore right now. I tell you what, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, you know, I'll, I've I've gone back and forth in this game, but yeah, like I'll tell you. So let me. I I'm with you 100. So I won't even repeat what you said. I'll make a different point here about both teams at the same time. Can I tell you one thing that scares me about both of these teams? though right now, both of them. If their quarterback doesn't make every play. It's a problem. Like, we're to a point now where Jackson and, and Allen run as much as running backs do. Like, Allen is running like 10 times a game. I saw a stat somewhere on Twitter. I forget who said it. Allen is accounting for 85% of Buffalo's offense. And Lamar is at 85 and a half. Like, <laughs> I mean, at some point, that's not sustainable, right? Like, at some point here, either a guy gets hurt or, like, the guy just slows down because he's been doing – I mean, at some juncture – like, Lamar Jackson, and I want to make sure I'm 100% correct on this because I, I, I looked this up earlier, and I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure. So, Jackson's, like, as a, th- as a thrower, he's 17th in yardage, but he's, he's leading the league in touchdown passes with 10. As a runner – He's fifth in the league in rushing yards. Like, he's got 243 rushing yards. He's got the same damn amount as Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> it's insane. He has more rushing yards than James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs. He's out rushing every single one of those guys. It's insane. I don't know if it's possible. Like, as, as good of, as, as great as Allen has been, He's rushed for 113 yards. By the way, three yards less than a your boy Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, okay. Sunk cost. Yeah. So Lamar Jackson's got 243 rushing yards and 9.3 yards a carry. He's got two touchdowns. My concern is at some point you've got to have a left hand to play with. Like at some juncture, you're just gonna have to be able to do something else. But I'll tell you, Buffalo and Baltimore, I mean, those two quarterbacks. There's got to be a prop out there. This is why we miss Heisler. What would the over-under be on the total yardage for those two guys combined in this game? 700? <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Nobody else in those two teams can do anything. Uh, it, it, it's, un, it's unreal how dominant both guys have been to this point. It's like two superstar kids in high school who just dominate. That's what it looks like. It it's is. just Josh That's Allen, Lamar yep. Jackson, just, hey, we got two studs. You're playing quarterback and just do everything. And honestly, this game's going to be incredible. It will be. It'll be fun to watch. Whoever loses, two and two. So uh, the AFC's tight, man. The AFC's real tight. I don't, I don't know that we're going to have a team that wins 13 or 14 games in the AFC. Feels like a whole lot of like 11 and 12. Uh, all right. We talked about this game a little earlier. Let's let's uh, put our prediction on it. Jacksonville at Philadelphia, line six and a half uh, for the Eagles at home. Total at 48 and a half. I'll kick us off here. I like Jacksonville to cover. I don't think they win. 
I think Philly wins, but I think it's a good game. And I, and you know what? I actually think we might see the over, but I wouldn't touch the total. I think it's a 28 to 24. I think it's a really good game. Uh, you know, Doug Peterson making his return to Philly, all that. But I, I like, I like the, uh, I like the, the Jags to cover. I like the Eagles to win. Yeah, I like Jags covered as well. Six and a half just feels like a lot of points. I like the Eagles winning, though. Jalen Hurts just looks too good right now. I like the over. Both teams right now are just putting up a lot of points. And typically, I would go with the Eagles because I think they're just a clearly better, better team when it comes to even the six and a half. I think a touchdown they could easily win by. But I want to go back to that point differential number. This is why I don't think that Jags are a fluke. I don't think point differential is the end-all, be-all, but I do think it can be a good indicator of yes, okay. how, how legitimate is this 2 and one start for, for, for Jacksonville. And I do think it's legitimate. Jacksonville probably will have an issue running the ball. Uh, I love James Robinson. I really, really do. But Fletcher Cox in the middle, that's difficult to run against. The D-line for the Eagles is, is a legitimate force. No joke. This will be the biggest test, and you mentioned it earlier, so I don't want to, again, hit on this too much, but this is the biggest test by far to see how legit the Jaguars really are. All right, let's get to the Sunday-Monday night games uh, because the Sunday afternoon games are nothing to write home about unless you're a big fan of Denver and the Raiders, which, by the way, if you're, if you're in on coaching and confidence, that game is nirvana. Um, all right, and, and two fan bases who are just furious. Good time. All right, let's go to Sunday night football. Two and one Chiefs, two and one Bucks. Brady and Mahomes both coming off a loss, both looking for revenge. I got to tell you, Chiefs fans have gotten mad at me because I tweeted about this. I was shocked at this line. The Chiefs are favored in this game by two and a half points on the road. The total is 45 and a half. Are you surprised? That, let's just go here first. Are you surprised the Chiefs are favored on the road in this game? Yes, 100%. I'm surprised. Okay. Where do you land on this game? Because I, I like of all the games this week, I can see this game going a lot of different ways. Where do you land on it? I think the Chiefs win. I, I, I truly believe that they – we've talked about it going into this previous week. I know you can't take anything out of, out of what happened in week three, but we said the Bills and the Chiefs are clearly the best two teams, right? Yes. That's what we said going yep. into week three. We had some shakeups. Now we think Baltimore's better. We think the Eagles are better. Chiefs have I don't, I don't think loss. Baltimore's better in January. Okay, but okay, but my point is, I think there may be a better team uh, after that after that win. Like, yes, I think yes. the Rams are legit. Yes. My my point is, I don't want to let one week redefine how I feel about the Kansas City Chiefs. They are still an elite team. I did not think Tampa Bay was elite going into this year. I think their offensive line is still an issue. I think we mentioned it, the receivers coming back is a major factor for for the Buccaneers. I still think the Chiefs are a better team. I think they have so many weapons. The loss of Willie Gay Jr. has not been as important, at least through one week, as we originally thought. Harris did a fine job. And I do think the Kansas City Chiefs defense is legit. I think Kansas City's defense is not a fluke. I think Jalen Watson is a bona fide starting cornerback. Legereus Sneed has been outstanding. Spags will run a whole bunch of different blitz, blitz packages against Tom Brady. I like, Even though I think the line is a little wonky, I'm still going with Kansas City in this game. All right. So, yeah, everybody can take this and, and scream at me on Sunday. I worry about the Chiefs O-line in this game. They, I think they're very talented. They're not playing well. I also – maybe this is just 20 years of this. It feels like every time when Brady loses a game and they get counted out, the next week the man is like 
God on steroids. It's just it, every time. I do think the Chiefs are the better team. And by the way, even if they lose this week, I still feel like Kansas City and Buffalo are the two biggest Super Bowl contenders because January is a different animal than in September and October. Okay. If the Chiefs are two and two, that's not like some death sentence. The Chiefs could end up still being like 13 and four. That being said, I'm going to take Tampa in this game. Mm. I, I just, I worry about the Chiefs schematically. It feels like offensively they're out of whack. And Brady off a loss is just terrifying. Now, I will say this. Mahomes off a loss is also terrifying. After the performance that he put on. Of course. Oh, listen, you know how I feel about Mahomes. I think he's the best player in the world. But I I just think – now, I will say this. If the game gets moved to Minneapolis and all that, that does throw some things out of way. That's a lot easier for the Chiefs than it is for Tampa. If there's supposed to be a home game, now you're going all the way up, basically, uh, you know, from one end of the country to the other. That's an easier move for the Chiefs. We're practicing at home all week. They're not disrupted. Like that, that stuff does matter. I'm taking the Bucs for two reasons. One is I just think up front right now, the, you know, the Chiefs are, are somewhat of a mess. The second reason is, again, just Brady. And I, and I admit, like, that's just a gut thing because you're right. Like, Mahomes can go score surf and throw for 400 yards. I'm not saying he couldn't. I think the Chiefs are better. But the Chiefs right now, like the, the last two weeks offensively have kind of been a wreck. So I, I, now I, you could argue Tampa's been a wreck the entire season offensively. I will take the Bucs and prepare to be screamed at by every Chiefs fan in the world when the Chiefs win this game by 30 points. But I, I, will, I will go that way. If it makes you feel better, Verderam, preseason, I had the Chiefs losing this game. Preseason, I had the Colts beating Kansas City. So I'm technically 3-0 and on my preseason right down on uh, Arrowhead Addict Podcast. So I'm 3-0 and over there. So if the Bucks win, I'll, I'll, I'll move to 4-0. and And I got called uh, uncredible, a buffoon. Uh, I lost all all respect when I had the uh, the Chiefs at 2-2 two and two through four weeks. So maybe I would gain some credibility back if they actually I do lose. I, I want the Chiefs to win. I want the Chiefs to win. The fan in me, but the, the analysis in me – was the defense will struggle to gel early on, but the defense for Kansas City has gelled yeah. much quicker than I expected. Well, look, we don't have to belabor the point, but that that's the funny thing about the Chiefs. I actually agree. The defense looks unbelievable. Like, the defense is great. Their problem is offensively, they, they can't figure out anything. All right, let's get to the last game of the week. Monday Night Football, the Rams going to San Francisco. Uh, look, the Rams are dogs in this game, despite being two and one. The, the Niners, of course, one and two, coming off that dreadful performance on on Sunday night. This game at Levi Stadium, the Niners, a two and a half point favorite. The total, forty two and a half. So, low total. Um, I'll I'll kick us off here. Look, I like the Niners in this game, at home. They have a lot to prove. The, the Rams have looked bad. Honestly, I mean, the, the Rams really, they did not play particularly well offensively against the Cardinals. The Falcons, they almost lost that game. They got hammered by Buffalo. Now, the Niners. But the Niners look good? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to get there. The Niners have been awful as well, okay? No argument. The reason I'm picking the Niners is the Niners typically kick the Rams' ass almost every time they see them. Sure. And you, people could go, well, the NFC Championship game. If Joukowsky Tart can catch an arm punt, they win that game. Like, the Niners have had their number for years on end. And here's the other big reason in this game. I think the Niners are going to sack Stafford about seven times in this game. 
And Stafford, for all his qualities that are good, he will throw picks. He will just whale balls into coverage when he's under pressure. So I will take the Niners at home to win this game. Sounds like you expect the under two, which sounds like you and I disagree on multiple fronts here because I'm ripping the over. The total. I, I think I, I like the over and I like the Rams. Okay. I, I think Jimmy G does bounce back because every time he has a horrendous game, you're like, this this guy's just just cheeks. This dude's two scoops of ass. He comes back and's like, all right, well, how do I move away from this guy now? I, I get that argument, and I think George Kittle will get more involved in this game. Kittle did look like a beast in the block game uh, this past week. He, he, he looks healthy, right? Yep. They'll use Debo more. Brandon Ayuk's fine. Uh, I like the offense for San Francisco having a bounce-back game, but I do think the Rams bounce back as well. I just like Matt Stafford more so than Jimmy Garoppolo. As bad as the offensive line so far has been for the Rams, they'll find ways to get this done. McVay is too smart. They'll get quick pit, uh, quick passes out. They'll, they'll, they'll find a way to slow down San Fran's pass rush. And I, I just like the Rams better. It comes down to who do I trust more, Garoppolo or, or Matthew Stafford? I trust Stafford. Fair enough. I will say this, uh, to your point. One thing that does scare the hell out of me, not only this game going forward for the Niners. Trent Williams about four to six weeks. You don't have him. Lakin Tomlinson's gone. Alex Max. Like, it's a problem. Uh, Jimmy G's really good when he's when he's up. Actually, he's not really good. He's he's capable when he's upright and he's protected and everything's going well. Not so much when he's under duress and that that offensive line is a shell of what it once was. So, something to keep an eye on. All right, let's wrap up here. We've 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 forced people to listen for almost an hour. Uh, what's uh, what's going on in your life other than deep pain and uh, martinis in pint glasses? <laughs> Well, last week it was darts, and I actually had to go play darts halfway through. I went to that dive bar uh, halfway through the Sunday night, no, Monday night football game, because I was like, this game is just so bad. I need to take my pain out on triple 20s. But now I'm going to a lot of concerts. Just saw Jimmy Eat World uh, about a week ago. Went to Dinosaur Jr. uh, this past Saturday. A really good late 80s, 90s band. Extremely musically talented. Singer is a wild card. Great guitarist, but dude, just... I, I don't know. Very introverted, I would say. And then I'm going to go see The Cult tonight. C-U-L-T. The Cult. If you know who they are, uh, really good. Again, late 80s, 90s rock band. I'm going to see them tonight. So b- big music guy right now. What about you? Okay. Well, I, I led with it, so I'm, I'll, I'll finish with it. Look, we got uh, birthdays uh, galore here. We got the anniversary for my parents, so that's fun. That's a good time. Uh, I, I think other than that, like it, it's been a, it's been a pretty quiet week. You know, my daughter she woke up Maisie. She again turned five today. She's very excited about it. I asked her, "Hey Maisie, how'd you sleep last night?" I slept like a five year old. Okay, like <laughs> she's drawing a picture this morning before she goes off to, to school, and uh, my wife's getting ready to walk out the door with her, with her uh, younger daughter to drop her off at daycare. And me, my you know Steph's like, "Oh wow, Maisie, it's a nice drawing." She's like, "Yeah, five year old drew that." And it was sitting there getting raised. She's sitting on the couch. She's like, you're sitting next to a five-year-old. Like, awesome. But uh, she is she is a riot. She is uh, my pride and joy. And she sat down. She watched a good chunk of that Cowboys-Giants game. She's learning slowly but surely. Like, like each mark sorry on the field. For her. I have a poor kid. Uh, each mark on the field is worth a yard and this and that. Like, so she, her dream now is to meet Patrick Mahomes. Like anytime she sees him on a commercial, she's like, "That's Patrick Mahomes." Like, so she 
she asked me, she's like, can you take me to a Chiefs game? I'm like, yeah, sure. She said, can we meet Patrick Mahomes? I'm like, that might be difficult. But I'm like, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what I can, I can maybe try to arrange. But she is, she wants to meet Patrick. That is like her new like life's ambition. Does she think the yellow first down marker is on the field? That's the real question. She probably does. Although my dad was explaining to her that it, it's like uh, just on TV, but she, she understands like rudimentary things about first down. She's now understanding, like she knows the quarterback and she knows it's the most important position. And she's, she's very concerned. She's like, if Patrick Mahomes, like if you ever got hurt, the chiefs were, were done. I'm like, Oh yeah. Big time. She's um, sitting here going running backs. Don't matter. She, she's yes. really analytical. <laughs> she gets, she, she worries about like when there's a big, uh, when there's a big hit, She's like, oh, I, don't, I hope nobody gets hurt. Like that, you know, like that's her, she's very concerned about that. Like if any guy's on the turf, even if it's like a minor thing, you know, she's always like very concerned. Um, Empathy. Yeah, her, Good for her. But her big thing now is that she wants to go to a game. She told her, I'm like, look, this year might be a little tough because we're already getting into the season and whatnot. But I'm like, next year, yeah, we'll pick a game. I'll, I'll take it. I'll just be a fan. I'll just go out there. I'll take the day off. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's uh, – She's excited, but she wants to meet Mahomes. So I'm like, all right, I don't know how I'm going to work the contacts and life that I have, but like, is this even humanly possible? Like, can we make it? So we'll see. We'll see. She's five. She's five. We can try and trick her. We we can we can get get a wig or something. She's. I don't think so, man. She's pretty on top. Of it, but you know, she would. She. I would. I would actually pay to see it because there's just the way she is. Like. I don't think she'd be in awe at at all. I feel like she'd just be very like, "You're Patrick Mahomes. What's going on?" Like how like she would she would just have a full blown conversation. I don't think she'd be like nervous. Or I think she just she just launched right into like you know she she's realizing now that these guys are also like people away from the field because I, I think that seeing him on a commercial actually she's like, is he like is he also more than like a football player? I'm like, well yeah, he's a person. She's like. Are they all people? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and she's like, oh, I, I always just thought, like, you know, it's just like all they do is play football. I'm like, no, honey, like, you know, they, you know, they, have, they have families. And she's like, is he, is he a dad? I'm like, yeah, he actually is a dad. Like, he's got a little girl. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty cool. So, like, you guys are the same. Like, no. But, <laughs> like, well, we are both dads. Okay. <laughs> little girl. So, yeah, in that regard, yeah. Otherwise, no, no. <laughs> And then, like, it dawned on her because she knows, of course, I do. For like, she's like, have you ever talked to Pat Mahomes? I'm like, I have actually. Yes, I've 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 spoken to him before. You, know, I think once or twice. It's like, oh, that that's pretty cool. So, like, for the first time, like, I was like cool in her eyes. Like, oh wow. So, um, yeah. So that's where we are. Um, she's that's her life right now. Is turning five and eventually trying to meet Patrick Mahomes. That that's her that's her goals. Great goals, man frankly, my goal is just turning 29 whenever that happens and then meeting Patrick Mahomes too. I when met him one that? time. I met him one time, but it, it was it was quick. It was for uh, an event, and I was setting up for it. So, I, The only time I, I interviewed him for the Super Bowl when they beat the Niners. I was just down covering the game. and just I mean, it was just a you know, presser or whatever. But, yes, you know, talk, talk to him for a few questions, whatever the hell that's worth. Um, but, uh yeah. Uh, she was, she was thrilled. Uh, she's like, oh, "Really? You talk?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's my job." Like, I didn't like, sit down on like, being cool, Ram. Look at you. 
So she, I was like, this is my dog, my, you know? And so she was like, that's, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I'm like, all right, I'm glad you're impressed by that. I'm like, yes. It was me and about a hundred other people just screaming <laughs> questions at him and he so often answered. Uh, but in any event, hey, look, we've been here for an hour. If you don't already subscribe to the channel, please do it. We are like 50 people away from 5,000. And if you're not subscribed to the channel, the hell's wrong with you? You're hurting our numbers. You could be, maybe you even be 5,000. Okay. Maybe you can be that person, that guy, that girl. So would, would really, really, really appreciate that. But already appreciate you for being here, for listening. If you made it all the way into the show, thank you so much. We, of course, will be back, or I will be back on Sunday on the Sack in the Box podcast for the preview of uh, week four with Ian McMillan. We talk about every game each week. Of course, you can find Sterling Holmes over on the Arrowhead Attic podcast later today. And then on Sunday, I'm sure it'll be a palooza after the Bucks game one way or the other. Myself and Adam Best and Patrick Allen and Matt Connor. We basically have the entire city of, of Kansas City in for that, uh, for that pod. So plenty more from us throughout the course of the week. Really looking forward to seeing and hearing from all of you. Good luck to your teams this week. We'll be talking to you. Good luck and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday for Sterling Homes. I am Matt Vergram, and this, of course, has been Sacking the Box. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.